0: I know he set me free and
1: his eye is on the space And I know that he's watching over me
2: Well somebody praise the some morning that's why we're happy this amen. amen. I'm a Christian set free. Uh, amen. amen. I've got a right to worship God. Amen. 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 I, I, I don't know about you, Amen, but that's that's the reason I was put on the earth was to worship my Lord. Amen. And, uh, and I'm certainly happy that He set me at liberty to do so. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't you hate to live your whole life worried about what everybody thought about your worship? Amen, that you got a place in heaven, and God's give you grace, and He's made it so you just can just love Him and worship Him. Amen, and I, I certainly thank Him for the liberty this morning. Amen, and uh, I want to say it's been a tremendous honor uh, to be in the meetings with you this weekend, and, and uh, to be able to speak along with these men of God, and, and to come in fellowship. And, Amen, you, you all know that we love you uh, greatly here in Louisiana. Brother Tim's been a tremendous blessing that Brother Ron and Brother Kelly and I are just really getting to know each other. We've known each other for a while, but hey Amen. just seems like lately the Lord has begun to have us a, a lot more fellowship and we certainly thank the Lord for that. Amen. These men of God that are carrying this end time message, um, I think that it's a tremendous blessing that God would put it in men's hearts to believe yeah. what a prophet is taught and then give their lives for it. And we thank the Lord for it. I want to bring you greetings from our church at home, True Word Tabernacle, and I want to say God bless to them this morning, amen, and good to have uh, some of the family here with us today and from Ohio, and Ronnie and Nathan come down with us on the flight, and I think they got up and it's your time about 2.30 on Friday morning, and we all got on a plane about 6, so uh, there was there was a lot of a lot of an early morning to get here and we want to thank them for their sacrifice to come along with us and, and be a part of the meetings Amen. and we just want to, uh, if we can take a few moments this morning in prayer we'd like to turn to the Lord now let's just bow our hearts together Father, we thank you today we thank you for the opportunity Lord, to stand before your chosen Lord, here on this resurrection morning Lord, we we come together these Sunday mornings Lord to commemorate and remember Lord that this is all because that you come out of the grave a Gentile people didn't even have a ride in the courts Lord but you bypassed all the traditions and tore the veil and invited us Lord in just by your blood and we're thankful this morning Lord that's all we know it's all that we can understand Lord is that you made a way When there wasn't a way, you made one, Father. And I thank you this morning, Lord, that you would open it for for your children. And as we would approach them this morning to speak your word, I pray you would bless this congregation. Lord, that you would pour out your anointing, that you would strengthen them, Lord, encourage them. Give us words, Lord, that would speak directly to their needs, Father. Now, Lord, as we commit this meeting into thine hands. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. And God bless you. And if you would turn with me in the scriptures this morning to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse 3. I'd like to speak to you. From this verse this morning, just to gain my title here, it's just something. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. I, I, I think of this, that God's visions are for specific times. And when they speak, they speak for themselves. And when a, a vision speaks for itself, it means it manifests itself. And this is the prophet saying here that it won't lie. In other words, it won't be just someone's interpretation of what God had said. But it will be what he said coming to pass. So that the vision will not lie. Though it tarry wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry We ask the Lord to bless His words You could be seated this morning I would like to take for a, uh, a text this morning The vision will speak for itself The vision will speak for itself In John chapter 14 I think it's a, a, a tremendous reading of scripture When our Lord Jesus is speaking with His disciples And He, uh, he brings up some subjects here that just interest Philip. And in John 14 and 8, Philip saith unto the Lord, Lord show us the Father and it will suffice us. Now this is an interesting portion of scripture. Brother Adam uses it many times uh, in, uh, in how uh, show us the Father. Let us see God. These type of sermons. He speaks a lot about these. and And what it is is that the the human is always interested in seeing God. And Philip here is, is actually representing many people who are literally walking with God and don't really understand what they're walking with. Uh, when Philip says to the Lord, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it would satisfy us. Now, this portion of Scripture here, satisfy. this word means uh, that it would that it would be enough. That it would be a satisfaction. It would be a satisfying portion if we could see God. Now, if you if you see here, it says, "Show us the Father." The word "show" here in the Greek actually takes you to expose to our eyes, or give evidence or proof of a thing, to show by words or to teach. So sometimes showing someone something doesn't mean that there has to be another manifestation of God, sometimes seeing God matters of how it's being taught to you. So you can be looking at something directly that is what it is, but if you've been taught wrong to look at it, you'll look right at it and you won't believe that it is what it is. And when Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us exposed to our eyes the Father, Jesus never went anywhere. The father didn't do anything that he hadn't already done. But Philip specifically just got asked the question of the Lord, Have I been so long with you? And yet you do not know me. So he was exposing to his eyes a different way. In the unveiling of God, Brother Branham will do a beautiful thing. And he'll teach us how that when Elijah was with Gehazi and the Syrian army come to destroy them, he said, There's more of us than there is them. Amen. And God said to Gehazi. Or God, said, Elisha said to God. He said, "Open this boy's eyes, that he might be able to see." Now the prophet says, "See, he didn't bring angels on the scene. He only changed the seeing of Gehazi, and what was already there. It just opened it to his understanding." It just opened it to his eyes. And Philip is saying to him, Lord, if you could expose this to us, if you could bring our understanding that we might be able to see, this would suffice us. In other words, he was looking for sufficient evidence to be able to declare what it was that Jesus was saying. It would be satisfying. It would be enough. Uh, there's a beautiful portion of scripture in, Je- in Genesis chapter 45. When you read about how that Joseph was taken from his, from his home and he was taken down into, uh, into Egypt, and, and, and you know it was told that Joseph had died, that he was dead and that he had, he had been cast in the grave and a bloody garment of his had been taken back to his father. And there had been a convincing story told to the father that the boy was dead, that he didn't live. And Jacob lived his life believing that Joseph was dead. Now Joseph wasn't dead, it was just believed to be dead. He actually was alive and had become the lord of another country. And he was the Lord of the Gentiles while they in Israel, the name Jacob was Israel. While Israel believed he was dead, he was alive and he was on a throne. But they just wasn't aware that he was. But the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 45 that it was then that the Joseph's brethren returned with the news to Jacob that Joseph lived. In the 27th verse, he he, he says uh, in the 26th verse, it says that this, Joseph is yet alive and he's the governor of the land of Egypt and Jacob's heart fainted for he believed them not. He was alive and word was brought to him that he was alive, but he didn't believe that he was alive but the 27th verse said they begin to tell him all the words of Joseph which had been said unto him and when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him the spirit of Jacob their father revived and Israel said it is enough Joseph my son is yet alive I will go and see him before I die so there was something given to him that changed his opinion and he joined the revival of knowing that Joseph was alive others were carrying the message Joseph yet lives but he didn't believe it until sufficient evidence was given to him and then he was invited into it and I, I say this today I believe the church of the living God ought to have sufficient evidence to know that Jesus Christ the son of God lives I, I don't believe we are to sit here this morning and wonder is he alive amen I know, there's a, I know there's a whole group of people that says that Jesus is dead and he's just a mystery and he's just a myth and he's just a legend and it really is not true but Jesus Christ the son of God is alive and in this generation has brought back sufficient evidence for anyone to believe and to join the revival amen I believe it's enough I don't know about you all but I don't need to see anymore to know that my God is alive if I would never seen another miracle I could stand on the top of the mountains of the world and say Jesus the son of God is alive and he's a miracle worker if he never healed another person I would have enough evidence this morning to preach this entire sermon that Jesus is Jehovah Rapha he is the healer of the body if he never healed another person he's a healer anyhow I believe amen there's enough delivered people in this building this morning amen to cry he is a deliverer he is a healer he is a savior he is a miracle worker amen we wouldn't have to stack any more evidence in this building amen to already believe that so I don't believe a revival is on its way I believe a revival is already here and we just need our eyes open to what God has already done my, when I think about it this morning, that's the cry of every heart, isn't it? It's to see God, to see Him alive. That is the cry of every heart. Amen. And show us the Father, Brother Bram said, the cry of human, every human heart through the ages is to see God. Job of old cried out, in my distress, if I only knew where he lived, I would go knock on his door and speak to him. Every man has wanted to know God and see God, and Job wanted to see Him. Moses wanted to know that that was who that was in the burning bush. Show me your glory. He wanted to see some manifestation to know that it was God. And all of us do that. We all long to see something that's real, something to prove that God is. And, and to my humble way of thinking, it pleases the Father to show Himself or to manifest because He loves His children. Now, if we're going to see reality, the prophet of God tells us this in the queen of Sheba, that there is something that will quench a thirst. Our creeds and our denominations will never satisfy that thirst. Amen. It will never do it. You've got to find the reality of a living God. And the only way you'll ever do that is to be filled with his spirit. See, that is the quenching of that thirst. It is the satisfying portion of the church. The all-sufficient one that satisfies every longing. When a man leaves the things of the world and comes to Christ, he finds his all-sufficiency in Christ. Now, I think it's powerful. The prophet will say it like this. A Pentecostal experience is a reality of God. A Pentecostal experience is a reality of God. Let me say this. creeds does not satisfy... A hungry heart. Creeds won't satisfy. If a man's hungering for God, you tell him the Apostles' Creed, join the church, put your name, he's sprinkled or immersed, whatever you want to, but it'll never satisfy a hungry soul. Because they were predestinated of God to search for life. Do you see, God designed you to search for life. And it's the only thing that will, that will cause a satisfying portion to the soul of a man. In, in the scriptures in Romans, we find out that there's two groups predestinated. There is two groups in the end time predestinated. In Romans chapter 9, it was here that Paul begins to sh- explain, For the children be not yet born, having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works. But of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. And as it is written, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Now, isn't it something that God, by foreknowledge, knew what he would love and what he would hate before it ever came? And the prophet of God said, see, what was going on is the birth was being predicted before it ever happened. So God was saying, one I'm going to love, one I'm going to hate. But it wasn't when they'd done something, it was before they was ever born that God declared this. And we find out that when Paul wrote this in Romans, talking about Jacob and Esau, he himself was prophesying of two groups in the end times. And the prophet of God said, one will be an Esau group, and one will be a Jacob group. Amen. One's going to love the supernatural, one's going to despise the supernatural. Jacob means supplanter or deceiver, but after finding and coming into possession of the birthright, he changed. Brother Bam said, That's the carnal changed. He was called Jacob, a prince with the Lord who wrestled with him, the carnal believer today. As long as I can go to a church and do what's right, what difference does it make? That's Esau's group. He still makes fun and despises the birthright. He doesn't care for it, but Jacob loved it. The spiritual man today and the spiritual woman that's elected and predestinated of God to come to eternal life, if they have to sell everything they've got, if they have to take their name off of every church book in the nation, they still want that birthright. It's the only thing that matters to them. Get that birthright. It's the only thing that matters. See, the birthright. Nothing else matters no matter how, what level they have to come on. If they have to get down at an altar, boo-hoo. If they have to run through the places, go back, make things right, sell what they got, give everything away, become a pilgrim and a stranger. It doesn't matter. They want the birthright. That's all they're interested in is the birthright. Now, don't blame them people. They can't help it. They are predestinated to it you see you can't help it you're predestinated to it now when we look at this we find that that's the reason that the church wants the birthright they desire the birthright and the birthright is the holy ghost amen you see there is no way to ever see god with any teaching or any without god inside you Because you can give the greatest teaching in the world and you can give the best explanations in the world but if God's not in the heart you'll never see what we're talking about. The Scripture says no man can see the kingdom unless he be born again. The Bible also says that no man can call Jesus the Christ except by the Holy Ghost. He, brother, man said what that means is is you can say Jesus is Christ, but you can only repeat your pastor, you can repeat your mother, you can repeat your school teacher, but it takes God to come inside to reveal to a person that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Do you see when God gets on the inside? side of you then you can see him in the nature then you can see him in the universe you can see him in the stars i mean it's always amazing to me that the that the scientists can look so far into the universe now they have that hubble and they can look millions of light years and they can see the birth of stars and see multiple galaxies but for some reason in all of that they still can't see god Amen. It seems like to me with that much education that they would be the quickest to see God. But they can look right at it. And they can explain it further. And they know more about it than anybody in this building. But they have not yet seen the important part about the heavens. As the Bible said, they declare Him. They de- The heavens declare Him. And they've missed the purpose of the stars and of the moon and of the sun. It's all to declare Him that you might be able to look and see the God that created that is the god of the universe he's the creator and they miss the very purpose of the creation amen do you see when they look at this they can look at the human body and as you know medical science is at a marvel at this time and they can look right in marvels of of the of the science but yet they don't see god Isn't that something with all of the scientific proofs and the scientific things they have and they can't see God? Amen. You find out that they can can go into the biologies and they know more about trees and they know more about seeds and they know more about DNA than they've ever known in human history. And even in all of that, they still can't see God. Amen. It's amazing, but you can take an old hillbilly and put God in his heart and he can sit on a porch somewhere and he can see a canary fly down out of the heavens and land on a limb and he could tell the whole house hey right there God God's the life behind that little bird God is the life behind the tree limb that's there he's the life that's in the tulip he's the life that's in the lily even Jesus said Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like the little lily amen what about the lily folks he was born in defeat he was born in defeat but he's going to overcome and the prophet of God said that's the same with the overcomer in this age They were born in defeated body, in a defeated world, among defeated creeds. But they're going to rise above every bit of it and show the glory of God. I'll tell you this, if you ever get God on the inside of you, there is no stopping a believer when God begins to express himself on the inside of a person. Amen. What is it? God. God showing himself. God will show himself in his, in his universe. You, if you've uh, listened to the sermons, show us the Father, you've heard Brother Adam break it down. God in his nature, God in his word, God in his son, God in his people. He said it's just different channels of seeing Jesus manifested in the flesh. Jesus, God manifested among his people. You know that the greatest revelation a man could receive... I think that would be the first of all revelations. The prophet of God said is the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. That is the greatest of all revelations. And believest thou this? Amen. Brother Branham said that woman came to him and said, Brother Branham, she said, I got a problem with you. You put too much emphasis on the deity of Jesus Christ. He said, I hope that's all he finds wrong with me. I hope that's the only criticism he has of me is that I put too much emphasis on the deity of Jesus Christ. She said, well, don't you know that he wasn't deity? He was just a man. He said, no, I didn't know that. She said, well, it's written in your Bible. He said, if you can prove it by scripture, I'll believe it. So she said, when Jesus walked up to the tomb, he said, Jesus wept. And Brother Man said, that argument is weaker than the broth made out of a chicken that starved to death. The shadow of a chicken that starved to death. Y'all understand that kind of language, don't you? Amen. In other words, it was real thin. It didn't have any substance. It had nothing to it. In other words, you can take a scripture and make any point you want to, but it, it, it still don't mean that it actually has an argument. People can take scriptures and say that Jesus wasn't deity. Amen. But the entire Bible and the universe and the heavens all declare that he was God. Amen. That He was the, he was deity. And I believe that the greatest emphasis of any man's life should be that Jesus Christ is deity. He was the son of the living God. I believe this This morning I believe and do you now believe Brother Bram said he was either God Or the biggest deceiver the world has ever had Amen People say well Brother Wayne Amen y'all don't believe that stuff Jesus was God And they take some quotes and go way out there with it Well the problem is people get too smart they get so smart that they turn dumb And they forget what they ought to know The first question is Is he God becoming man Or is he man becoming God And I don't believe man become God I believe God became man I believe Jesus started out God And then he become a man And if you get that answer first All the other scriptures Come together upon that point It's what it was to declare You've got to get to the first base And brother Bam said the greatest of all Revelations is the deity The supreme deity of our Lord Jesus Christ You can't get to first base Till you believe that Now, look at the power of this now. He was God. His blood was divine. Almighty God overshadowed the Virgin Mary and created the blood in her womb. And that brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus. And God condescended and lived in that body. God, Emmanuel, made flesh and takes away sins. Now, here's the prophet telling us the blood was divine. You said, preacher, what do you mean? I mean, there's a group of people that actually believes, amen, that Jesus was the Son of God. And the son of Mary Some people believe that Mary produced an egg And God brought the life to the egg Which makes him Mary's son Which lets a a group A religion amen, Exalt Mary to a place of deity is that right? Amen. But, but now you gotta, you got to be, be real here. Amen. Mary did bring forth the word, but it had nothing to do with her. She just loaned the body to Almighty God. It was both male and female that came into that body. Just like the original creation, when God created male and female, it was Adam and Eve. And so when God came into the womb of a woman and was a bride involved in the original creation, of the son of God you're not just as afterthought but in the beginning you were there and when God came into the earth you were there then because supreme deity was coming into the womb the Bible says suffer not my holy one to see corruption neither his soul in hell he was not Mary's son he was the holy one of God he was the holy one of Israel Hear you Israel the Lord thy God is one Lord my goodness my goodness amen now it's amazing to me because this should be this should be the first base should be first base now now I say that because listen if you get this one messed up you got it all messed up can I I say something really clear the reason many people don't have power is because they got Jesus as the second person of the Godhead and if you put Jesus, the second person, the Godhead, when he was on the earth, he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And Brother Man said, if there's another God up there, he's a powerless God. Amen. He was God or the greatest deceiver the world ever seen. So I stand with the prophet of God. He was God. He was deity. The son of God was real and he's alive. And it's not just a myth or a story. Now he was God manifested in the flesh. Amen. Amen. I know it's Sunday morning. You forgive me if I, if I get teach you here. I don't mean to be. I got a point. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached on the Gentiles. And believed on in the world. And received up into glory in 2 Corinthians 5 and 9 Paul, amen, that Jew who only believed in one God said to wit that God was in Christ isn't that amazing a a one God man said God was in Christ when he saw the pillar of fire he said Lord who art thou he said I am Jesus whom thou crucifieth I come from God and I return to God Paul was not mixed up on the Godhead he knew that God had came into the flesh of a man And he had come for salvation Look at the beautiful This Hebrews Christ was nothing short of God And God was nothing short of Christ The two together Made the Godhead Bodily Isn't that beautiful You know something I found out About truth You don't have to cut quotes If you just tell the truth if you, don't, if you don't have something you're trying to force on the people, you can just read the quote and it's okay. Because, see, there's a group out there that put two in the Godhead. This man sitting behind me knows how, how true I'm talking here. Hey Amen. They, they, they put it out there. I, I, is it okay if I preach a little bit? Hey Amen. You, you, you see, you, you, I'm going to ask him for this, but, but I, I remember years ago I met an elder brother, and he says to me, He says, now, y'all got to realize I'm a young preacher, and, and, and I wanted his approval. And he set me aside. He said, Young man, I want you to know there is just one God, but there's two Lords. And my little young heart went, Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, I can't out quote you, and I can't out scripture here, but there's something in my heart that said, That's not right. And you know something I found out? The youngest of our people, amen, knows when they're being told right and when they're told wrong. There's a little something on the inside of a believer. When somebody starts making God more than one, something in your heart said, no. I can't explain it and I don't understand it, but that ain't right. My heart says that ain't right. Do you see why why it wasn't right? Amen. It's because even Abraham when he saw three come into his tent door he said my Lord. But when they saw two go down to Sodom Lot said my Lords," because he didn't understand that it's just one God manifesting himself in many attributes for in the beginning God Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Y'all know the word Elohim is plural. Y'all know that's a plural word. Everybody knows that's a plural word. Trinitarians know it's a plural word. That's why they think there's more than one God. Because it uses the word Elohim. It means plurality. But our God is not plural in person. He is only plural in attributes. In other words, he is one God. But he's manifested himself in many forms. But whatever form he's in, he's still just as much God as the God that created the heavens and the God that created the earth. Our God does not lose power. He is omnipotent. He is all powerful. Amen. If you've got one ounce of God in you this morning, all the power in heaven and earth is inside a believer. There's enough power in you this morning to create a world and go live on it. There's enough power on the inside of the building this morning to create a universe. I believe it, brother. I don't believe we need a new world, but we do need a new atmosphere. And I believe right here this morning, as sons and daughters of God, you can create an atmosphere where all things are possible. Christ was nothing short of God. Christ was nothing short of God. The two together made the Godhead bodily. They made him lower than the angel. So he could suffer And angels can't suffer Jesus was the tabernacle God dwelt in I'll tell you the scripture Brother Bam's using For verily he took not on him The nature of angels But took the seed of Abraham Were in all things That below behooved him To be made like Unto his brethren That he might be a merciful And high priest In things pertaining to God To make reconciliation For the sins Of the people They too Made one It's amazing to me when you can see that God had to have a body. God had to become human. According to the kinsman redeemer, according to the law of the kinsman, the only way that a property could be bought back is if a kinsman would pay the price. We're taught in the book of Ruth Which is the book of redemption The book of Ruth in itself Is the story of redemption And Ruth is you And the kinsman Boaz is our Lord Jesus Christ And when they found a kinsman connection She found out That now I can inherit everything That has been lost And when God became man We didn't even know there was a connection Because he was supposed to be an Israelite He was supposed to be a Jew They thought that's all that would be able to protect of the Messiah was the Jewish race but they misunderstood the prophecies in the book of Genesis when Abraham heard of the Lord he said in all the nations of the earth shall thy seed be blessed isn't it amazing this morning that he brought blessing to the human race not just one race but to the human race amen this explains why God became flesh it's amazing. Brother Branham says it like this, "My beloved friend, it's a revelation." Jesus said, "I and my Father are one." How can they two be? They're not two. Isn't that something? It's a revelation. Now watch what he says. He's nothing less or nothing more than God. He was a man, a house that God dwelt in. He was a dwelling place. In Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful the Counsel, of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of his increase of his government, and the peace there shall be known men upon the throne of David, upon the kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In Isaiah 7, it said he would be a virgin born son. A virgin would conceive. So when you when you when you start thinking about who Jesus is, now you gotta you gotta think about this a moment. You say, Who is Jesus? Well, ask his mother that was in this life. Mary was the one that bore him. And Mary said, The Holy Ghost come upon thee. When the angel spoke and said, The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, the holy thing which shall be born to thee shall be called the Son of God. Isn't it something when Jesus spoke unto the Pharisees, He said, said, what think ye of Christ... Whose son is he? Brother Brandon preaches an entire sermon, What Think You of Christ? And then he starts asking people. So if you ask Mary, she would say, Hey, look, it was the power of God that come upon me and overshadowed me. He's the son of God. If you ask John the Baptist, in John chapter 1, John said, I saw the dove come down at the river, and I bear record, he's the son of God. Amen. If you go into the scriptures and find that God himself, in Matthew 17, said this, is my beloved son. Son, hear ye Him. Amen. Then this morning, amen. The Unitarians are wrong and the Trinitarians are wrong. You say, what's well, right? God is right. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man coming to me except by me can't go to God without Him. Now, I, 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 I don't really mean to be in this portion. Just, just bear with me a minute. Jesus and God being the same person can only come through Revelation And the whole Bible is built on this revelation. Now what was Jesus manifested for? To show God. The world needed to see God. His whole purpose of being there was to show God. And Philip was talking to him. And had been with him. And missed the whole purpose of him being there. If you would show us the Father. And I love how Jesus said, have I been so long with you? And you have not recognized the words of the prophets yet? You've not recognized Isaiah's words in me? You've not seen that I am fulfilling Malachi and Moses' prophecies and Ezekiel's prophecies? For all the prophets were fulfilled in him because he was the manifestation of the words of prophets. It wasn't Isaiah standing talking to him, it was the words of Isaiah in the flesh. It wasn't Ezekiel that morning. It wasn't Elijah. It was their words that had come from God had took on flesh. In Colossians 1, the Bible said he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. In John 1 and 8, it said, No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared him. And in Colossians 2 and 9, it said, For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. My goodness, Brother Bram said, here's the secret. He was a God-man. You said, preacher, what is the secret behind Jesus Christ? He was a God-man. He was all God, and He was all man. So if you prove to me He was man... Amen. He was kinsman to the church. If you say he was God, I say, Amen. He was the redeemer of the church. Because God alone could redeem man. But only man had a right to bring back the church to its original position. And Jesus was all God. And he was all man. It was the pillar of fire. Amen. That had put itself into a human body. And fulfilled the words of the prophets. In the beginning was the word. Now, now, you, 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 I think it's amazing when John says it. In the beginning was the Word, and then here comes along, Brother Branham. He said, "But what was before the beginning? But what was before the beginning? In the beginning was the Word. But before that, before He spoke, it was just God. And then when God began to speak, He began to condescend Himself towards man. And the first stage towards man was that pillar of fire." And that pillar of fire in the same was the beginning with God. And the 14th verse said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I love how it says, that we beheld the glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Now we find out this is the truth. He was the promised Word to Mary. He was the promised Word to Mary. He made Himself manifest. God was manifest. When you saw him, he was the word manifest. The prophet of God tells us this. He was the deity of God. Talk about miraculous back there. Talk about shouting. When he performed miracles and to make things which are now out of things which was not. He just spoke and it was so. And that same power, that same Christ. Let the fundamentalists, let people deny the power of God and say it's wrong. But the same power that spoke the world into existence... Is in the people that's got the Holy Ghost. Now you might think the Holy Ghost is another person. But Jesus said very clearly I must go away that he the comforter might come unto you and people said well see there he's another person but continue to read he said yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye shall see me for I will be with you even in you it was God coming in the form of the Holy Ghost to manifest himself in the church of the living God the same God that was in Jesus Christ is the same God that comes to fulfill the word in the end time It's the same God with the same power With the same omnipotence Men and women It's time you find out who you are The devil's trying to hide you back Tell you some little trodden down something But you're sons and daughters of God Deity is not in heaven Deity is in you I know you think I'm crazy But let me tell you something When you realize that almighty God lives in you Immortal life I give them Zoe Life of God in a human being Listen you're no longer A homo sapien You're not just a species of a human being, but Theos has come inside you. God has come inside of you. You're not just a human being. You have become a God-man, a God-woman, and God himself is living in the church. He is the beginning of a new race of people, a God race of people. He is the head of this body. Oh, my goodness. Amen. Buckle your seatbelts. It's the truth. Amen. See... Deity was born, you were born into deity by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My goodness, no wonder the devil's after that baptism of the Holy Ghost. No wonder that devil is trying to abort births and push the Holy Ghost on the outside because that devil knows assuredly that if this church gets born into the same deity that was in Jesus Christ he took a whip and it ever turned he took a whip and it ever turned with Jesus and let me tell you this Jesus was the son of God and he's not marrying a cat or a dog he will never be unequally yoked but whatever species he is that's the same species he marries and if he's the son of God you're a daughter of God both God and bridegroom comes from the same species comes from the same race listen God is not making you a new species you always were a part of God from the foundations of the world you were in God back there but now it's coming to light who you are you were born into deity by the baptism of the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost ain't something to make fun of The Holy Ghost ain't something to thumb your nose at. It's not something to say, oh, that's just some little thing that used to be. The Holy Ghost is God coming into you and birthing you into deity and giving you the power as a son or daughter of God to create worlds, to speak the word, to cast out devils. He is empowering the church. Come on, church. This is an apostolic age. Somebody said, "Well, it's the bright age," and I preach it all the time. It's the bright age. Bright age does not mean it's not apostolic bride means she's the fulfillment of every promise that was written in the New Testament if you take one promise out of this bride you don't have a perfect bride and he's not here to marry a bride without an arm he's not here to marry a bride without a head he's not here to marry an imperfect bride but he's made her up from the feet to the head and she's now standing perfect as the son of God was perfect the bride is perfect Come on, you know it. Michelangelo never said to his image of Moses, speak until it was perfect. And when it was perfect, he struck it and said, speak. That's why a prophet would stand at the end and say to the church, speak, church. Speak, church. Because the alpha has become the omega. The same seed that went in the ground has come back again as the church of the living God. You call her anything you want to. I'll call her the bride of Jesus Christ. Deity. He's here. He's here now. Somebody said, where's he at? Have we been so long with you? Have we been so long with you? Has this bride been on the earth for the last 50 years and you've not known her yet? Say, so, oh, preacher, you're getting in trouble now. No, I know right where I'm standing. I'm standing with a word prophet. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, brother Wayne, hey man, I know I know there's manifestations of the Spirit, but you're missing the greatest one. The greatest manifestation is not the gifts of the Spirit The greatest manifestation is this word becoming developed Perfectly in a bride church It is a miracle that you're sitting here And agree with every word the prophet had to say It's a miracle this morning Now now listen friends By saying that there's a group that'll take that And they'll start banging against the gifts Amen But you gotta I hate war I just hate war because it, it, it messes up everything. It just messes up everything. And, 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 you, and you get good people that are being hid in, in what should be safe places and then those safe places are bombing against the Word. And you've got to be so careful. You say something about gifts, there's a whole crowd going to worry now. Is he against the gifts? Let me tell you what I stand for. I stand for all nine spiritual gifts in the church. Because that's what a prophet stood for. And if you say they ceased, you have found yourself in conflict with a prophet, a prophet of God. Come on, church. It's the truth. Amen. But the gifts that have manifested have been gifted in a portion throughout the ages. But the greatest manifestation of God is the bride herself. It is the unveiling of God. Not in prophets. Not in Jesus. Not in the past of ages. But inside you. He is here and now. now. Now watch this. Here's the prophet's words. What makes the people cry and shout and go on? What's the matter? It's the Holy Ghost moving in them. If they could only realize it, they would embrace Him. Isn't it something that He would move and some people say, Well, we don't want to identify with them tongue talkers. That's no different than when Jesus walked down there in that room and all of them Pharisees wouldn't have nothing to do with Him. Because they didn't want to identify with Him. But see, what they've done is they've done, they done a good job, actually. If you go back and watch the Pharisees. They've done a good job. You know what they did? They made Jesus the outcast. Now watch this. They made Him the outcast. They made Jesus the fullness of the Word. They made Him the outcast. And they would have had it pulled off. But there was that one woman... That was that one woman in her bottle of oil. And even Judas was hiding under the cover of worrying about the money and said, Listen, we got all these poor people. Why are you pouring that out on him? But the Bible said his purpose in saying that had nothing to do with the poor. Amen. Amen. His heart was wrong. Come on, church. And people will start banging against the moving of the Holy Ghost. Their heart ain't true. They're not telling you the truth. They got personal motives. There's jealousy working behind the scenes. Amen. Because one man wants to control, he goes this way. Another man wants to control, he goes that way. What about putting Jesus as the head of the church? What about putting the Holy Ghost let the word lead the church. My goodness. Oh, they're just emotional. They're just this way. They're just this way. You say anything you want, but if you ever recognized it's the Holy Ghost, you would embrace it. The Holy Ghost believe in him, hugging to your business, to your bosom. That's right. My brother Bram said it like this: people of today believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These people are a bunch of fanatics. These people are fanatics. They're nothing but a bunch of worked up, emotional, panic-stricken people. But little do they know that the Word of God teaches it as a promise. I'll give you another one. Are you ashamed of the Pentecostal experience? That's being ashamed of Him. Being ashamed of His Word. Because that's His Word made flesh in you. I love it to see the fulfillment of God and to see the reaction to the fulfillment. Right. When you were here in the scripture in Luke 19 we all know the great prophecy looking in a rearview mirror 2020 vision. We look back in the rearview mirror and we see Jesus coming off of the mountain riding this colt. And he's coming he's coming into the city. Now it's exactly what the scripture said would happen. It is to the latter what the scripture said would take place. And there was people there that began to cry, Hosanna, Hosanna to him that cometh in the name of the Lord. And they couldn't find enough things to worship him with. So they started taking off their parts of their cloaks and throwing them down and palm leaves and, and putting it before him. Because they understood this king was coming unto them. They saw that it was the word. Other people said, well, they fixed that up. You know, he arranged that with his disciples and, and, and he had them do it a certain way and they told the people to do. See, some made a story out of it. Some made a myth out of it. But it was exactly what the prophet said coming to pass. But when it came to pass, it brought such a stir that a certain people just couldn't get with that. They just couldn't let that be. Watch that. Brother and said it like this. I can imagine those people, they begin to say, You're interrupting our church service with all this noise. Do you think that stopped them people? Do you think that stopped them people looking at Jesus, writing to them on the word of the age they're living in? No, that didn't stop them because they knew what it was. When they began to say, Who is this? What is this? What's this about? Hey man, what is it? Brother Bannum says it like this. It's a living Christ among his living people. Something had to take place. The coming of the Holy Ghost in the last days has caused somewhat of a light manner stir among his people. The coming of the Holy Ghost causes a light manner stir. The same thing as it was then is it now. The spirit of the living God lives in them. That's why they cry out. That's why they can't hold their peace. They can't hold their peace. What is it? Amen. It was something in them saw God manifesting his word and it caused the stir. Now if it caused the stir in that day and it causes a stir in you when you read about it what about when you believe it and see it happen in the church and among your own families and among your own people why it ought to cause a stir it ought to cause a worship it ought to cause a Holy Ghost meeting it ought to cause a praise if God was God enough to fulfill 2,000 year old promises in our generation amen we ought to be people enough to praise Him for it I am not ashamed of this Holy Ghost religion I am not ashamed of the power of God and That is coming to this age I am not ashamed of the prophet And the things that he had to say Now listen I know some people can hold their peace And that was exactly What the design was The Pharisees began exactly To say to them hold your peace And when they couldn't get the people To hold their peace they turned to the authority And said to Jesus You need to shut these people down Isn't that beautiful? See, if they can shut your preacher down, they've shut the church down. If men can take the words and dogmas and creeds and bind the preacher that he don't believe in the moving of God, then the entire church begins to suffer. You can have the power of God, but you can't get to it. You can have meal and barrels of meal and oil and flour, but you can't get to it. Amen. But I say, God, give us some men that knows the word of God in the age they're living in, knows its manner for the age, knows it belongs to the people of God. And when it starts coming out, I don't believe the people are to hold their peace. I believe the people of God are to get behind this move with everything they got on the inside of them. Listen, I don't. I, I, you're never going to hear me get up in a meeting and say, "You guys all hold it down." And and you know, after the meeting's over, you're not going to go to my church and hear me beating up on the move of God. I don't have one negative word to speak about the moving of the Holy Ghost in the Church of the Living God. I pour praises on it. I pour gasoline on the fire because. I believe that the church needs the moving of the Holy Ghost with power, with manifestations, with demonstrations, with Holy Ghost anointing. When you begin to worship God, I know there's people set on you, but listen, let me say this. Amen. Tell the person next to you, scoot over a little. I'd like to praise the Lord this morning. People get an old heavy spirit on them and come in the house of God and because they're not enjoying it, they don't want you to enjoy it. Because the preacher struck a chord and he condemned them a little bit, they don't want you enjoying it. But let me tell you this, you can't shut up my praise. You can't shut up my worship. You can't shut me down, turn me down, back me off, put me away, because I'm not quitting. I'm not backing off. I refuse the formal spirit that's trying to move in this message. I defy you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. You can kill me, but you can't take my praise. You can strike the body, but you can't take my spirit. And as long as I got breath in my body, I'm going to praise the Lord with everything on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Won't you tell that devil right now you ain't going to take my praise. I know what he's doing. Trying to settle in on the church and trying to take everything you got away from you. Hey, Amen. I, I don't think it's time for it. I don't think this is the time to put your weapons up. I don't think this is the time for it. Friday night. Friday night, how little did I know what was going to happen, but Friday night I told you Netanyahu said, I'll stand alone if I have to. And I'm not going to give up one inch of ground to make peace with these Palestinians. He must have heard my sermon. I don't know how he got it. Amen, but he wouldn't give it up. And you know what they done? They attacked. Brother, they made a real mistake. They should have left Israel alone. Devil, I want you to hear me. You should have left me alone. You should have stayed off of my back. You should have left me alone. But I'm going to preach this Holy Ghost gospel stronger than I've ever preached it. I'm going to stand for the move of God stronger than I've ever moved. Amen, for the move of God. I think it's time. You know, I was reading this morning. It said Netanyahu was going in and the first thing he was going to do is recover the hostages out from under that thing. He was going to recover the hostages and every action he made was a defensive action to defend his people and once they were out, come out of her, once they were out, once they were out, he said the, the offensive will come then. It will turn from a defensive action to an offensive action. And if you think that Israel is mean in defense, You want to see their offensive line. Brother, amen, they're coming in now. Amen, they're coming in now. They got atom bombs over there, church. They got warplanes, they got missiles. They got everything they need to protect themselves. But brother, when they take that after the enemy, they don't have nothing they have to hold back. And I say it's time. Men of God, don't hold back in this time. This is the greatest battle that was ever fought. We need every man, we need every woman, we need every child, we need everything we've got. It's wartime in the church of the living God. I hear people say, it's war, it's war. Well, if it's war you want, it's war you can have. Amen, but I don't expect me to fight with my hands tied behind my back. This is how I fight my battles. God has given us a weapon of warfare in this age. Listen, we are not playing now. We have the precision sword of a prophet of God. And you think about this a minute. Israel over there, amen, Israel this morning is turning to offensive actions. That means the enemy is not safe anywhere. That means if they catch him in Israel, or they catch him in Palestine, or they catch him in Iran, it doesn't matter where the enemy is at. They're going to attack the enemy. And I think it's time for the church of God to charge into this enemy that we have found in this age. I know, I know somebody will probably flip me and play me, but do it well, brothers, all I can tell you. Let me just say this. It was a little infantry man one time, didn't have no education. They put him in the army. And they trained him on the trumpet to get in front of the, of the, of the, of the, of the charge. And, and, you know, it, it come up to a time, they rode over a hill. And they found out the captain looked over there. And the army was bigger than their army. And they were outnumbered. And the captain said to the little fella, he said, look. He said, sound the retreat and let's get out of here. That little fella throwed his head back. And he played the charge like the best you ever heard. Here come the infantry And they ran in And they charged the army And they defeated the army And was all down The captain said Son He said Didn't I tell you To sound the retreat He said I'm sorry sir He said But in the time of recruitment He said Nobody taught me how To play retreat All I know how to play Is charge And when I come up Preaching this message William Branham Never taught me how To retreat He said Charge Charge the enemy Charge him in every which way And I believe the church of the living God It's a charge that we need in this age Charge the enemy Come on mama Take that baby back Come on mama Take that baby back Come on young person Take your joy back Take your life back Take back everything the devil took from you Every time Every time the word starts being fulfilled, the devil starts seeing the move of God and it condemns the move to make it the devil. Now listen, I, I, have to, I have to sit here this morning and go through a prophet's words. And Brother Bram said, when that happened on the day of Pentecost, they asked a couple questions. What meanest these things? Who is this? And what is this? And Brother Bram said, Peter answered it all by scripture. He took the scriptures of the the Old Testament and began to tell them in Acts chapter 2. This now is that which Joel prophesied. Now can you imagine the people that thought they were mad were literally seeing Joel's prophecies living in humanity. I, I, I think of this... Brother Bradham Brother Bram talks about this. And he talks about, he talks about churches and people getting starchy. He said it gets to a place where some little fellow break through in a meeting and speak in tongues or shout a little bit or do something. He said the rest of them are all gander and look. What was that? I wonder why. That must be a fanatic visiting the meetings. You know that's the truth. Some little poor saints step in, get happy, and raise their hands and cry and praise the Lord. Somebody who will holler, amen, preaching the gospel. The rest of them will turn and see what he said. That's Pentecostals. What's the matter? What's the prophet now? You're pattering after the Methodist. You're pattering after the Baptist. And after the Catholics. And Catholic patterned after hell. It's a pattern designed from hell. I don't want that pattern. In Matthew 25, there's there's ten virgins, isn't there? Five wise, five foolish. How many knows the five wise were the bride? Of course, that's what Brother Bram said it was. It was the five wise virgins is the bride. How many knows they were elected to begin with? They were elected bride. They were. And the prophet of God said, "You know the difference between the two." He said, "God laid the pattern over them. And he said, some fit the pattern and some didn't." And the ones that failed in the pattern were the wise virgins. You see there's a different pattern out in the world, but the pattern don't fit on the church. It's not our pattern. It's not who we are. Look what the prophet says. Amen. Mary, when she received the word. Now, you, you know these quotes very well. But let, let's, let's, just, let's just preach a minute. When Mary received the birth for Jesus. You know the Bible tells us that she accepted the word. That's all she did. Said, be it done to me according to thy word. And went and began to praise God for it. So somebody got a hold of that. And said, see there, that represents the new birth in the end time. When they totally know that's not scripture. When they, if they had to be honest, they would know. The Bible said Mary went into the upper room with all the other 120 and received the new birth like they did by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And she spoke in tongues and danced and got drunk. Amen. Just like the other 120 did. So it's not honest. Come on, church. The vision will speak for itself. And it won't lie. When the spision begins to speak for itself, I want you to watch this. What meaneth these things? They, they knew it was the, what the prophet had did. When Brother Bram said suddenly, he said it began to break out like a beehive. And it went down in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the streets. And they began to say this is that which Joel had prophesied. Religious people that crucified the prince of the life still didn't see the promise coming of the Holy Spirit. See who is it? What means this? What matters? What meaneth these? God fulfilling His Word. See, God has made promises in this age. Now, I think it's pretty powerful when you begin to see it. Now, these quotes are, these quotes are, are, are probably home quotes here to you. <laughs> Brother Bram said, I've seen jumping spells and joy spells. Nobody was hurt. Mountains rung out, sun went down, everything took place, but there was nobody hurt. A of them said jumping spells and joy spells ain't hurt nobody. Let me tell you what hurts somebody is when men who are supposed to be in authority put the restriction on the people that something's done wrong when they jump or shout. But a prophet said jumping and shouting never hurt nobody. If we're going to be word preachers, let's preach the word. See, there was nobody hurt. I've seen meetings where the power of God was revealed to the people. That they were free from the world and the things of the world and the joy of the Lord filled that congregation. They stood and screamed. Y'all ain't never done nothing like that here, have you? They stood and screamed. We just was in a youth camp just the other day and the place was packed with youth. I don't know, maybe there was about 900 people there. It was probably 700 youth at least, wasn't there? And and these men of God come up there and preach. We got some of the Ohio people. Some of you. How how many was in that meeting? Amen. We got a bunch of witnesses right here. And when the word of God was preached, The people standing and screaming and shouting. I seen one little girl. She got so full. Maybe here. I don't remember where she's from. She got so full of the Holy Ghost. She was down there like a little girl in a field. Just dancing in the spirit like a girl. Standing in the lilies with the sun shining. She was just happy. Because five minutes of her life, ever nervous spirit, ever anxiety, ever feeling I'm not enough, ever feeling I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm ugly, all that was gone. And she would have standing in the presence of God. Why, why, why would we take it away from them? Why would we take it away from them? Why? God's gonna ask you why. God gave it to them so they wouldn't want drugs. God gave it to them so they wouldn't want alcohol. God gave it to them so they wouldn't want immortality. God gave it so they wouldn't want it. I say God, pour out your spirit upon the church of the living God. Let us enjoy. we're not just shouting here. The prophet of God said we're doing this because our names was in the Lamb's book of life. And they, our names was in the Lamb's book of life. Now it's one thing to see Jesus standing there. And I love this quote. Brother Bram said it's the word quoting the word about himself. Can you imagine the word in flesh quoting on the road to Emmaus the word of himself? To hear the word in flesh Quoting the word in the letter Oh brother When he said When he began to explain those scriptures He wasn't lying It was exactly who he was Those scriptures had been preached for years Many men had quoted those scriptures But never one person had told exact truth Concerning that scripture But when Jesus spoke it He was the fulfillment of it. And the fulfillment doesn't lie about the scriptures. And he was fulfilling it He was the word Quoting the word You know that's what's happening this morning That's what's happening When you hear the men of God They pick up Joel the second chapter And they start reading it It's the word living Talking about the word that was coming And we find out today That this is that Which Joel prophesied This is that which Peter said A refreshing shall come In the last day This is that which prophets said There would be a bride's revival In the last days Listen folks News flash The revival Revival ain't coming. The revival is here. You say, where is the revival? Well, it's not in Louisiana, and it's not in Ohio, and it's not in Tennessee, and it's not in California. It's in the bride of Jesus Christ. Whether she's in Africa, or India, or Europe, wherever she's at in the world, the bride is the living word. Brother Kelly, it's not a false revival. It's the first time the true revival has ever struck the earth. Hallelujah. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. This bride is the Word. She is the Word of the prophets. She is the manifestation of the vision. She is exactly what the prophet prophesied. Now, now y'all know good and well that the religious people never has liked the way God does things. When Jesus himself was on the earth, they crucified him. You think you're going to live perfect enough for somebody to not pick on you? Do you think you're going to preach perfect enough for somebody to not pick on you? Do you think you're going to say things So somebody won't pick on you? For, I'm sorry, it's out of question Somebody ain't going to like something all the time About you or about your beliefs Or about your worship or about that So what you got to do is find out who's important you got to make a decision who's important to you Is the crowd the important people? Is all of the ministerial or the, or the, uh, 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 or the religious group Is that the important part? Brother Bram said it was a young man one time went Went and done a symphony And he played music And said when he was done the crowd stood And he said it was a beautiful He said but the man never paid attention to all that He said he was looking in the crowd for one person And he said he was looking for his trainer And he wanted to know Is my trainer happy with what I'm doing And when you start looking For what God has put in this age He's the one that has designed you He's the one that has set you and this word is about your life now in Habakkuk the Bible says that the vision it's going to speak for itself so could could I say something you are the voice of the end time vision your life is the voice of the end time vision We're not telling you a vision. We are the vision. We're not talking about something coming. We are what they talked about. We're not here writing a Bible. We are here fulfilling a Bible. We're not here trying to put it together. We are living out the manifestation of what God saw about us before the world ever began. Now, here's the beauty of this, is that the bride will do it without discrepancy. She will do it without the patterns of denomination. She will do it without discrepancy. In other words, she will do it exactly like the scripture said she would do it. Amen. She would be a voice. Now, you all know these quotes, a powerful quote. Brother Branham says what we need in Jeffersonville is a thousand lived voices. Now, what we really need is the living voice. Right? We need the Word to be alive. Now, if the Word lives in you, it's only because the Holy Ghost has taken the written Word and quickened it to life. See, man can explain Scripture, but only God can make it live. You can read Scripture, But only God can make it live. And when a man's got God in him, Brother Salem, and then he reads the message of the hour, and the Word and the Spirit come together and that begins to become life, that is the voice of Malachi 4. That is the voice of Revelations 10. That is the manifested Word of your age, living out in this. Then if that is the voice, if that is the voice of God, can I say it very clearly? That's deity speaking. You, this, is, this, this church, this bride of Christ is deity itself speaking. It is thus saith the Lord. It is the voice of the blood. It is the voice of the blood. In Hebrews 12, the Bible said Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant, of the blood sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Do you see Abel's blood was in the ground And when God started talking to Cain about it Cain said I, I, I don't know anything about it But God said but the blood of thy brother speaketh back from the ground In other words can we put it in today's language Your brother's blood's on the carpet And you were the only one in the room The blood speaks somebody killed this boy The blood says there's been a death here And the blood was actually blaming Abel or Cain for the death So the blood was a blood of vengeance It was a blood of accusation It was a blood of condemnation Brother Ram said no different than when they had the blood of Kennedy on their hands They couldn't get it off The blood spoke that he was the killer The blood was on him Now you see Brother Ram says But when the blood of Jesus speaks It speaks from this ground And it speaks something altogether different. Now the evidence of that blood is not a chemical. It is the life of that blood that is coming to the church. And when you see the life of the Holy Ghost in the church, you can't deny that Jesus Christ died and rose again. (laughs) His blood speaks that you've been redeemed. His blood speaks that you've been forgiven. His blood says this is my church. This is my bride. This is my attribute. This is my presence. It is the blood, the voice of the blood, and it speaks of resurrection. And it speaks of healing. And it speaks of the power of God. Because what is it? It's the voice of the blood. It will not, it will not speak amen of its religion it will speak for itself of the word. You see, it'll be the word in flesh quoting the letter of the word. Now this bride, this bride, if you can look beyond the criticism, you're going to see the words of the prophet. If you can look beyond the criticism, you're going to see the words of the prophet. You're going to see God's manifestation of his word living in a people. When I look at this, I find out that this manifestation is coming, and the prophet of God said it like this, Christ lives in you, His living word lives in you, showing that all the accounts of the Methodist and the Baptist and the Pentecostal ideas and everything has been stricken off. See, the blood speaks that there's been an abstract to your life. And all of the old ideas, Have been taken off of you. And you're standing there manifesting the scripture. Without the lie of denomination. Or the tradition of church. Or the tradition of. Come on now. We get in family traditions. We get in church traditions. We get in ideas. Amen. But think about this. That God is offering us. The ability to manifest this message. Without our family history. Oh brother. I don't think you know what that means then that means you don't have to be your dad. You don't have to be your grandpa. You don't have to be your mom's dad. You don't have to be your mom's daddy's dad. You don't have to be in the heritage of whatever it is that has captured you. Now there's probably people sitting here right now that was born illegitimately and came into this earth. And there's a whole host of people out here that says that right there has just disqualified you from promises, from truth, from there. But you know what the prophet said? you know what the prophet said? He said, you were all illegitimately born. He said, we were illegitimate born by Adam. We were all bastards. He said, but Jesus brought us a legitimate birth. And when we're born again, it takes the call out of us. So that we can manifest this word. Without our genetics Without our family history Without the accusations And the accusing Come on let me preach to you a minute You've used your family history Too many times It's time to let the excuse go It's time to quit using it as a crutch of why you can't. Y'all know William Branham was a prophet to this age. He was carrying water to a moonshine steel. His daddy was a moonshiner selling moonshine. And he was carrying water when the pillar of fire met him and said, I've called you for a special work. Some of you come from families of addictions and drugs and alcohol and every kind of thing. And your whole life the devil's saying, you'll never make it. You can't be nobody. You'll never rise above it. It'll never be this way. Listen, it's time to strike off the excuse of your heritage. and has been a new birth and deity has been birthed into you. And it speaks of God and it speaks of deity. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about living free. Living free of the past. Living free of the trouble. Bringing that that enemy up into a place where the liberty of God can come into you. Without your excuses. Come on, we all got excuses. I, I, I just can't help it. We all got excuses. We all got reasons that we can offer God. Lord, I can't be that bride because this, and you know, and I can't do it because of of this, and and so and so said, and and, 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 you know, after all, but why is it that we so humble to the negative so quickly? Why is it that the devil can spend five minutes with you and you can't get your head off of the floor? Come on, church, you can. Well, I'm shifting gears here. You can come out of a meeting like this. And on your way home, get a text you don't like. And somebody say a little something that makes you feel less than what you are. And you'll throw your head down like that. And then by the time you get here next Wednesday, Timothy will look out there and he'll go, what's wrong with them? (laughs) What happened to them? They were shouting Sunday morning. Amen. But something happened, and some little something took place in there. And within minutes, you bowed to that thing and humbled your knee to some negative spirit that ripped away all the victory, ripped away the grace that put in your life. But let me say something to you this morning. God never intended for you to live in a realm where every devil had access to you, and every every text and every little word that somebody had to say to you. Amen. You should be in a realm this morning that to step behind the. The veil of God and say, Only the words going to affect my mind, only the words going to affect what I'm going to do. God said, I can do it. I can do it. God said, I can believe it. I can believe it. God said, I'm the bride. I'm the bride. It's time to agree with the word. God knows something about you, Joe. You don't know about yourself. God knows things about y'all You don't know about yourself yet But if you stay under the word It'll start developing every attribute That God had before the world ever began Concerning you and your life You know You've got to wonder who you really are If the devil has spent this much time working on you You really have to stop and ask yourself Who really am I? That the devil would spend so much time trying to tear down. Little old me. You've got to wonder what Israel is to them. That they just keep going and going and going and going. Why do they not leave Israel alone? Why won't they leave Israel alone? Amen. Why don't the devil just leave you alone? Because you're the holy ground of Almighty God. It's the place of worship. It's the place of the blood. It's the place of manifestation. It's where the devil went to in the Garden of Eden. That's the only way he could get in. He tried to go to the woman. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. Of the things, when the scriptures start saying little things. The vision speaks for itself. And I'm just going to have to preach it to you. Because I ain't going to have time to go through these notes. It's amazing to me when the scripture says it'll speak for itself and it won't lie so there is something part some, some substance of you that this word represents that did not get uh, related to you in your birth from your mom and dad because the prophet said you bypassed the theophany and came into this earth without knowledge But when William Branham starts talking about knowledge from before the world began. There's only one person that knows that. And it's not a sixth grade education Kentucky hillbilly. He said the only man that ever knew that was Jesus. And he said Jesus when he was born to the earth. He said Father glorify me with the glory that thou had before the world began. It was Moses that asked to see that glory. Man always wanted to see that glory. But can you imagine when Isaiah stood up and began to prophesy? And he said, Behold, the glory of the Lord shall arise. And it shall be seen on you. Now here, here Jesus is saying, Father, glorify me with the glory. And again, he spoke it over in the scriptures. When he said, Father, glorify thy name. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says that it thundered. And it was just hid from the people because they thought it was a lot of noise. Some said an angel talked. Some said it was just noise. So to them, them thunders were just noise. It was, it was not communicable. It was not understandable. But whatever was in there was glorifying Jesus. Jesus. And he said he would glorify them again. I will glorify thy name again. So whatever's going to glorify this church will be found in those seven thunders. That's why the devil made those thunders this, that, made it that, made it that, and he put it everywhere but what it really was. He said, preacher, what are them seven thunders? I'll tell you what Brother Bram said it was. It's the voice of God. And it was the voice of God sounding on the mysteries of this Bible. In other words, when you want to know what the Bible was really meaning, you don't go to a psychologist to ask him. You don't go to a theologian to ask him. You go to the Word of God to find out, and in this age it's been revealed to the church what was in those seven thunders to begin with was hid in the mind of God and unveiled in this message. Now you say, preacher, what in the world is so important about that? Because every redemptive right you have was in those seals. And when they were uncovered, they revealed the names of the people who were in the mind of God from the foundation of the world. We're not just here for a city, friends. We own the whole earth. Our names is on the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the earth. And when it began to reveal, it said we're the original owners. Every right belongs to us. When everything is over, when everything is done, the church of the living God will own this earth and rule and reign upon it throughout eternity. Because you are not just something that come along lately. You were in the mind of God before the world began. And David said, my substance was hid in thee. Though, though it was unseen, all of my perfection was laying. You read it in a book. And we were laying in this book. When this word became open, it was our identity. It was our rights. It's who we are. It's what we can do. It's what we can say. It was the revealing of the vision that God had in his mind before the world began of a bride perfect in the word of God. And here she is in the end time. Now friends, I just want to say something really clearly. If you've been looking to see the glory of God... I want you to just look around. The prophet of God said what was in God's mind before the world began is now in the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, it's actually prophesied. It's actually prophesied that in the last days you will know as you're known. Paul prophesied. He said, you will know as you're known. (laughs) I don't know any other way to describe it than to say this. There's people that know things about you that you don't know about yourself. There's people that are like, Brother Matt, when you were born, you know, we could spend spend an hour to be sure that you know who you are, but I'm sure you probably know who you are. But you've got your identification somewhere. And it's rooted somewhere. Now, the day you were born, you don't remember at all. But you can tell me your birth date. You can tell me what city you're born in. You can tell me what time you were born. You can tell me who your doctor was. You can tell me the hospital. And you know what's amazing to me? You don't remember one thing about it you don't remember the day, you don't remember the week, you do not remember the happenings, you don't remember your mom, your dad, your uncles, your aunts, you don't remember anything. One thing ties you to that and that is that woman. Her memory of you is more real than your memory of yourself. I don't know who you are the message of the hour has God's memory of you and it's more real than you what you think about yourself what you feel about yourself how you think about yourself this message won't lie The devil's lied to you. You're no good. You'll never make it. It'll never happen. It can never be. You were never there. The word of God says you were always in the mind of God. You were there when he created the earth. You were there in the mind of God. And here it is today. Standing in flesh. Standing here in flesh. Let our musicians come this morning. Standing here in flesh. Looking. The scripture says you will know. You will know in that day. Then the message is the true memory. You remember, Brother Bam said those men got amnesia and they come home on that train. He said when he got off of that train, he got to looking around. And he said he saw that water tower. And he said the, he said the guard didn't stop him, he just let him go. And as he started walking, he started remembering little things. Familiar. And a little bit he ended up over at this house and this old fellow was sitting on the porch. And the minute the man saw him, he rose up and said, My boy. They told me you were dead. But the vision is speaking for itself. You wasn't dead. You were just he was just lost. He was just lost. He didn't have to become a human He already was He didn't have to become a son He already was He just need to remember who he was And the minute he come in contact with that father Now he had a hometown Now he had a family home Now he had a bedroom His daddy could say to him Come here son Here's your little league pictures And here's your tournaments And, and that's where you slept as a child And there's where you play." And the minute he go Oh yeah I remember that Because it really was him. It really is you. This is not a story about somebody else. This is your story. Remember. Remember. Remember when you were in God. Remember, oh Job, where were you when the sons of God were shouting for joy? Remember? Remember where you were? Job, he couldn't tell the answer. But today, we can stand here with the answer. And the spirit that's in us speaks back. Daddy, I'm home. Daddy, I'm home. I'm home. I don't know this morning where you are. Maybe somebody come here today and you don't remember. You come into this meeting and you're watching the happenings and you're seeing the things. But something about it seems familiar. Brother Bram said, come, come wandering soldier and wander around in this word for a moment. He said, and begin to remember. Wouldn't it be something right now? If you went further than your mom and dad, and you just get on back there in that place. <laughs> I heard no preacher tell a story one time, there's a song they say, coming home. I think it's a powerful song. There's a story about a, a young man, he's riding a the train, they were coming home. He was sitting across from a preacher and he sat there and every little bit he'd look out the window and he seemed real nervous so the preacher just Finally said to him, said, son, he said, what? What's your story? He said, you seem uneasy. You seem nervous. He said, well, sir, he said, I've been gone from home for years. He said, and uh, when I left, it was a bad thing. He said, I was real mean to my mama. He said, I, I got aggressive with my dad. He said, they had to kick me out. And he said, I've been gone for years. He said, but I got so homesick, missing them, he said, I said, so sorry. And he said, so much time went by. And he thought, I don't know if they ever want to see me again or not. He said, so I just sat down the other day and wrote a letter and sent it to their address. And told them, said, I'm going to be on the train. The five o'clock train comes by there. The town. Said, sir, they live on a old farmhouse just outside of town there. And they, they got an apple tree out front. And said, I told them, said, if I'm welcome home when the train goes by I'll look up to see and he said tie he said tie a little white handkerchief on one of the limbs and he said if I see that tied there I'll know that you guys have forgive me and I could come on home and as they started nearing the town the little fellow looked up to preacher. he said preacher sir he said I just ain't got a nerve to look what if they don't want me no more he said would you look and tell me what you see That preacher looked up and he said, son. He said, that old apple tree out front of your parents' house is in full bloom. He said, there's a white bloom on every limb. And he said, mama hung a sheet from the top. She said, your mom and daddy's standing out with a sheet in the front yard. Welcome home. But let me tell you, if you're too afraid to look, let me look for you this morning. The tree is in full bloom father God standing on the porch with a white cheek saying come on home come on home this morning come on home let's bow our hearts maybe you've been away maybe you made a lot of excuses why you can't return but this morning the Lord's speaking back come home I just want to lift your hand this morning and say, Brother Wayne, I want to go home. I just want it to be all over. Father, with our hearts bowed this morning, it's been a lovely congregation, Lord. Lord, I believe you're speaking to a heart right now. I believe you're standing out on the platform waving the sheet. come home I believe Lord the apple trees in bloom the angels have moved through the church touching hearts and lives Father we want to invite hearts to receive of you this morning Lord if one's been a little confused and been weary been away from you Lord We ask right here this morning that you would speak to their need, Lord. May you speak, Father. May you welcome home your child this morning. We commit it into thy faithful hands.
0: O daughters of
1: Zion
2: still believe in it now Israel's in her homeland I will give visions you fulfilling you're welcome to come. I will bring you back
0: home bring you like back home here, oh my children to you will no longer Lost in- sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from everything those who look on him are radiant there'll never be a shame there'll never be a shame Fire. Fire. the lord This poor man cried And the Lord heard me And saved me from My enemies Oh yes Oh the Son of God all oh, surrounds His saints He will deliver them taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, blessed is he who hides in him. Oh, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. Oh, all these saints, he He'll give you rise. Let us bless the Lord. Oh, every day and night. Oh, never-ending praise. May our incense rise. Oh, let us bless the Lord. the Lord, every day and night, never-ending praise, may our end oh, let's give it to him this morning. Oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, oh, never-ending praise, may our praise rise. We pray. Rise. Let us bless the Lord every day and night, never ending praise. May our incense rise. Let us bless the Lord, oh every day. Father, Lord. Let a praise come off your lips right now for the thankfulness. Oh, yes. Come on now. Just praise the Lord. Praise the one who saved you. Praise the one who healed you. Praise the one who set you free. Magnify the name of Jesus.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Oh yes, what am I
1: doing?
0: Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 How many enjoyed the Word of God this morning? Hallelujah. Well, I've got joy in, in my, my soul. God is in control. I got Satan on my trail, but I'm seeing all his way. He's attacking every day, but I'm watching while I pray. No matter the attack, I won't. I got joy in my soul, God is in control, I got Satan on my trail, but I'm singing all his way, he's attacking every day, but I'm watching while I pray, no matter the attack I won't turn
1: back, this
0: I've been in the storm and the rain, but the blood still stays the same. Whatever's going on, I wore clothes alone. I might be in the days, but you can't have my place. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. joy, you can't have my Holy Ghost, you can't have my praise, you can't have my dance, amen you can't have nothing that is my right, amen is there anybody in here with rights this morning hallelujah, I got a right to praise the Lamb of God I got a right to glorify Him I got a right to magnify Him I'm giving you your rights this morning, oh I plead, I plead I breathe. I, breathe, I breathe the blood Oh, I breathe, I breathe the blood my, my Lord because I plead, I plead Same, whatever's going wrong My war clothes are on I might be in but a heaven, but you can't have my praise No matter the attack I won't turn back This means war Oh this means war let You understand something? If you don't like this kind of stuff. You're dismissed. Amen. But I'm not one of those who's going to put a wet blanket on something. I'm going to add gasoline to it. About 5:30 this morning, the bar- the devil was bombing me. He was bombing my wife and he was causing sickness in her body, causing unrest. Well, hey, it's time for some payback. Hallelujah. It's time to let her know you can't have my mama. You can't have my wife. You can't have my family. You can't have my increase. You can't have my joy. You can't have my
1: praise. To know
0: something devil if you try to come take it it means war hey amen we're armed with some atomic bombs this morning come on we ain't got some little 22 bullet we're firing at the devil we got the greatest weapon that's ever been put in the hands of almighty man put there by almighty god it's the word of Jesus. And by his stripes, you're healed. Tampa what she wants. Because this means war. You can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have it. I said you can't have it. Come on, you can't have my family, you can't have my increase, you can't have my breakthrough, you can't have my victory, you can't have my mama, you can't have my wife, you can't have it, tell because I plead, I plead the blood. I plead, I plead, oh, I plead. But I've been in the storm and the rain. But the blood still stays the same. Whatever's going on. I've got my war clothes on. I might be in a daze. But you cannot have my praise. No matter the exact, I won't turn back. This means war. Oh, this means war. It's a good time right now. It's a good time. You know, they say a line is like the truth. A line is like the truth. You don't have to defend the line. You just turn it loose. The line will defend itself. Let's turn faithless loose. Let's turn the vision loose. Let's turn the word loose. It'll be fulfilled. It'll defend itself. Woo! Hallelujah 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 i've done it before and i'll do it again because those critics say well you just got a bunch of bunch of music to work people up this ain't about the music this is about what i heard and if you've heard your freedom if you've heard your deliverance, if you've heard the Jubilee trumpet sound, who the Son has set free is free and take. I say right now, without no music, why don't you let a praise come from your lips to a God who saves you, healed you, delivers you, be the name of the Lord oh magnify the Lord with me for he's worthy of our praise he's worthy of our glory he's worthy what a mighty great thing he has done brother Joe he's done great things hallelujah. You ain't got to fulfill the word. Turn your praise loose. Turn your faith loose. It'll fulfill. He will bring to pass what he has said. Oh God,
3: Praise every song, Lord, every gift that's given to you, Father. Lord, we thank you for your visitation with us this morning, Lord. Father, we thank you that you're a God who answers, Lord. Father, there's a deep inside the bride calling out. You came and met this morning, Father. Lord, we don't want to just look past this as another meeting and another service, Lord. But God, I believe there's a divine meeting took place this morning, Father. Lord, those of us who didn't remember who we were and why we're here, Father. Lord, by the preaching of your word, you stirred to remembrance those things which were already in us, Father. Lord, I pray that if there be someone this morning, Lord, that doesn't remember who they are, Lord, let let, let it stir up inside them, Father. Lord, bring back to remembrance, Lord, who we are and why we're here. What is this? It's the bride on earth, Father. Lord, I thank you for that revelation this morning, God. Lord, I thank you for lord those that are keeping the faith and keeping the word lord i thank you for revealed message of the hour that you've given to us lord oh god it's your voice to us in this age father and i thank you for lived voices that we fellowship with this weekend father lord i ask that as we would just depart from this building father lord let let it not just be a goodbye or a lord dismissal from your presence lord for the tempter will come no doubt but father oh jesus may it be different this time father lord i pray that you would just lord encamp around each one father those that have maybe already got on the road lord and those that are fixing to depart father i pray that you go with each one lord bless the men of god that have poured themselves out father may you restore in our brother kelly the virtue he poured out father lord and our brother wayne father the virtue he poured out and our brother ron father may you strengthen him lord jesus and Lord, our brother Tim, Father, Lord, who has had this in his vision, Father, to have this meeting, Lord, I pray that you restore him, Father, and Lord, that you'd increase him, Lord, mightily. Father, may you bless every person that played a part in this meeting, Father. Lord, maybe there's someone in the back that played a part that might not get a thank you or a pat on the back, but Lord, may you come by and visit them in a special way, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that each one that had a hand in it, Lord, Father, you'd increase their family, Lord, you'd bless their household, oh God. Father, for those who made the beds and swept up after it's all over, Father, I pray you'd visit them, Lord. Jesus, we love you, Father. Thank you for your mercy in our life. In Jesus' name.
0: Hallelujah. Hasn't it been good to be in His presence? Amen. Eternity won't be long enough to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. While we're in this moment, I know we we keep our sanctuary very quiet and very reverent but just take a moment just to shake one of his hand and say thank you for all that the lord has done for you and maybe tell them just for a moment god's been good or god's healed me or god's delivered me or amen however amen amen here's and out out these doors here there's the ministering brothers are there to shake your hand it's not possible ever service to be able to do that, but uh, here's how you do it. Say, my name is, God bless you, it was good to be here, move on. Amen. All right, you got that? Amen. We can't take 20 minutes with every person. I know we'll have that throughout eternity. We better sit down with Brother Ron and just tell him all about it. Amen. But right now, my name is, God bless you, Thanks, thank you for being here, move on. And the church said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen as you go in the name of the Lord.